Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tonight on Revolt Black News Weekly. All I hear is this man screaming. He said, dance, bitch. And he started shooting. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Megan Thee Stallion and her side of the 2020 shooting, allegedly at the hands of Tory Lanez. She's aggressive, confident. She's a boss. I was disgusted by how we treated Megan Thee Stallion as a black community. As we're hearing from her side, why that incident is dividing the culture and social media. Did anybody state that they actually saw him fire this firearm? Either they love you or they hate you because that's where the money lies. Then Kevin Samuels in the hot seat. Women don't like the double standard. Why his take on modern women in black culture has social media fired up. That's the stereotype for a black man. Now you're having a black man pushing the stereotype. He's literally a pimp. And as people are still buzzing about Coachella, I'm bringing you inside the hip hop takeover of the festival. All that and more as the black news revolution starts right now. I never put my hands on anybody. I never raised my voice too loud. Like, this was one of them times where it was like, it shouldn't have got this crazy. Megan Thee Stallion sticking to her story on CBS about the infamous 2020 shooting allegedly at the hands of Tory Lanez. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Naima Abdullahi. Fresh off her Coachella performance, Meg is still catching heat as the he-said-she-said drama involving Tory Lanez continues to be a polarizing issue for the community. But a larger question is, why are black women less likely to be believed when it comes to the battle of the sexes? We explore that question in tonight's top story. An emotional Megan the Stallion breaks her silence. He starts shooting, and I'm just like, oh my God. Like, he shot a couple of times. Opening up about being shot back in 2020, allegedly at the hands of Tory Lanez. I didn't even want to move. I didn't want to move too quick. Like, because I'm like, oh my God, if I take the wrong step, I don't know if he can shoot something that's like super important. I don't know if he can shoot me and kill me. Like, Were you afraid for your life at that I time? I was really scared because I had never been shot at before. A tearful confession tangled in a firestorm of speculation from both camps. With a protective order against Tory Lanez on speaking about the case, it leaves many to wonder what actually happened. I'm going to call it domestic violence for, for assault, and I'm going to say it should have been attempted murder. He shot at her several times. It's alleged that he shot her in the foot, right? And he allegedly stated, dance B. But what we haven't seen, and which I'm sure is because of those protective orders that's been placed upon, is almost like it's basically a gag order, right? So that's going to be critical. What are those witnesses saying? What is the driver saying? What are the females in the, in the vehicle saying? Did anybody state that they actually saw him fire this firearm at her foot? Tory Lanez himself, he can't stop stalking the girl, can't, can't stop talking about the situation, knowing what the judge said would happen if he continued on this path. With the legal battle brewing in the California state court, the social media streets have started a debate on its own. For Tory's sake, he should not say anything, talk to anyone, 
you can't win this case in social media. Why is it automatically that the quote, quote, victim could be lying? Well, of course the victim could be lying, but you never thought that Tory could be lying, which of course he was, because eventually he was arrested and charged. But what's nastier is it took them three months or so to arrest this man. As we approach trial, if it continues to look like Meg, we don't know if you're telling the truth. Her career is going to be in shambles. You know, we, we don't know if she's lying. All this stuff stuff will come out at trial. He had posted something about DNA, proving conclusively that Tory's prints weren't on the gun. Then he had to walk it back and then say it was inconclusive. That's for the jury to, to be the fact finder and you know of of that situation. And with a pending trial against Tory Lanez as an accused shooter, the lines of interactions have been blurred. August 2021, this fool lands on a performance stage with <laughs> Meg the Stallion at Rolling Loud. First of all, everybody should have been arrested because we know that those shows don't happen in a vacuum. A divide that calls on many to ask a bigger question. We're not protected. So that's what's disgusting about this. It's our community who's not protecting black women. And listen, please, Tory, shut the hell up with this protect black men. That's not a thing. It's not a thing. Tory jumped in the game talking about protect black men as a way to highlight his case. Let me keep it real. Black men never get support. Never. They're always guilty. No matter if people accuse them or they don't accuse them. Black men, once they leave the womb, they come into America as guilty. She's a, a, a crime victim. This is how they classify it, and she's also a witness, allegedly. Here to join us with more insight for a look at the bigger picture in the case are social justice journalist Lisa Durden, blogger T with Tia, and our very own Kennedy Rue, who just went to Coachella, and you did see that Megan Thee Stallion uh, performance. Thank you, ladies, for joining us. Let's get started. So we've seen Megan speak up for the first time in tears with Gail King. Why do you think people are dismissing and disbelieving her claims? I want to start with you, Lisa. When I saw that Gail King footage, I saw a clip I had never seen before. I never saw the clip of Meg Thee Stallion outside the car, hopping on a bloody foot, and even the police did not protect her. Harming black women is a pandemic in this country. So actually the phrase protect black women makes sense. I don't know what all this who la la woo woo wee wee is about protect black men, but it's not a thing. It's a thing that we need to be protected and she had to lie. She felt the need to lie and say she was stabbed in the foot by a piece of glass because she felt like the cops were going to murder her. Not until she went to the hospital did the, the, the medical professional say, wait a minute, you, you have bullet fragments in your foot. And people still today, even after her interview on Gail King is, are saying, oh, but she lied and she lied. Well, a lot of abused people lie because of what they're going to get when they tell the truth. They're not going to be believed. So we are really a sick community where we don't want to make sure black women are protected. It does not matter that Meg Thee Stallion is confident. She's sexy. She's tall. She was harmed by a black man and he has to be held accountable. 
So I'm not saying that nothing happened to Megan that night, but I do not feel that happened the way that she's trying to say it happened. So I do feel like that she has changed her story and there are clips to prove that. So the truth is never this hard. But one thing about a lie is you have to tell a lot of lies and you have to remember the lie you told. So I do not feel like Megan is being truthful in this matter at all. I don't care if she doesn't recall every little minute detail of the harm. She was shot. That's a fact. She was shot in the foot. That's a fact. The gun was Tory's. He shot her. That's a fact. He That's caught a fact. charge. That he caught. I'm talking. He caught a charge. That's a fact. The court case is going down in September, and he's going to be found guilty. That's going to be a fact. The only thing I hope that actually does happen that may not is he's put out of this country because he's Canadian. This woman is not lying about her harm. Furthermore, the fact is we know statistically most women who are sexually abused physically abused, they lie to protect their abusers. It doesn't mean that they were not abused. This is not an opinion. She was shot in the foot by Tory, point blank, period. He needs to be thrown out of America because he's not even American. Goodbye. So what proof do you have that Tory shot Megan other than Megan stating that it happened? I'm just wondering because what you seem very you have, confident. What proof that do you happened? have that Tory Lane's did not shoot Megan because well, he for one, the gunshot residue was on Kelsey, not Tori. No, no, Tori's, no, 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 no. Residue. Tori, no, says, hold on, but Tori's Tori. When you shoot a gun, when you shoot a gun, residue can go anywhere. She had bullet fragments in her foot. How okay. do you know that the bullet fragments didn't come from Tori Lane's gun? Okay, we, under, we understand it was his gun. But he said so. I, I want to jump in for a minute, ladies, so. because I feel like this is an important antidote to this conversation. Um, how much does Megan's image and her lyrics play into what some say backfired against the whole notion about black women being believed and who may be in need of protection, which is what we're talking about? I think that Meg has an image, and I think... Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Because her image is so strong that that gives people credence to hold her to a certain standard. How does that relate to her image and how she's portrayed and how she's oh my believed? God. Because Meg Thee Stallion is confident. Meg Thee Stallion is talented. Meg Thee Stallion's okay with her sexuality. Meg Thee Stallion drops it like it's hot. I drop it like it's cold. Why is it that that can't be happening at the same time? Can't two things be happening at the same time? I'm confident. I'm 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 um 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 I'm sexual, and I need to be protected when somebody's harming me. In this situation, I do feel like protect black women. The movement is being weaponized because against who? Against, against who? against Tory, because at the end of the day, it's like, hold on, let me finish. Because at the end of the day, people will say, oh, well, you as a black woman, you're supposed to automatically assume or believe Megan because she's a black woman. Oh, black women are not protected. Okay, well, what about this black man? We do know, and you mentioned earlier that black women aren't harming black men. I will say that is a bold-faced lie. Black women do harm black men by telling stories. Do they harm black men? By and large, by and large, most of the harm that's done is not done by black women. I'm not saying never, but go on, sis. Okay, well, 
Why does he not get any grace? He said he didn't do it. Why can't we believe him? Believe him. Do you know how many people's in jail right now to this day because a woman has lied? or they didn't remember, or they made something up, and women get away with it, no repercussions. What if it comes to- You don't have many people who are not in jail who lied. Let's let Tia finish. Let's let Tia finish and then we'll come back to you. not in jail because they lied and said they didn't do it? Do you know how many guilty people who raped black women, beat black women, harmed black women, and lied and said they did not do it who are not in jail? And that is correct. So we're here we are, here we are at a catch-22. Because if the court, the court of law, if they find Tory not guilty, you and probably everyone else are still gonna say, oh, well, they get it wrong sometimes. They're still not gonna let Tory be innocent. Tory was guilty from the day that Megan said he did it. And I feel like that he deserves grace and the benefit of the doubt because why can't we believe what he's saying? We have no proof. We weren't there. We can't avoid the fact that she needs just as much grace, Tia, as you said, Tory also needs, right? So there's grace exactly. on both sides that we're just not seeing. Right. Um, so thank you, ladies, for sharing your perspective. Um, on both sides of your arguments. And again, the only way we're going to know what really happened or get very close to it is in that courtroom. Now, Megan and Tori's trial is scheduled to begin in September and we'll be following the case closely. And Kennedy, I know we'll be right back and you're going to share with us the Coachella wrap-up in our entertainment remix. Yes, I sure will. Then Kevin Samuels in the hot seat. We break down the controversy that's ahead. See, what you prove is that women don't like the double standard. You're good with being a 10 and not caring what an average guy, because you know there's no way in hell you would marry him, screw him, or anything. But yet, you feel as though that men should care about what average women think. Just because, what? Because they'll have sex with him? Yeah. That is the very unfiltered YouTube sensation Kevin Samuels weighing in on women and relationships. Welcome back. His commentary seems to fire up social media, so who exactly is Kevin Samuels and why is what he has to say so controversial? I don't see black women being physically abused. Men show you loyalty by keeping the mortgage paid. So you're about the size of a, a fullback. What do you rate me? <laughs> is that what we're starting out with? Yeah. Do you think the women, do you think the men rape women? No, I thought, because isn't that what you do? Children can come out of whatever I do. I can be 70 years old, and as long as I'm not shooting blanks, I can make babies. You can't. Well, I tell you what, the business of Kevin Samuels is booming. That one clip of him berating that young lady. Um, definitely set his social media on fire. I really just wanted some advice. I love you. I'm giving you I'm giving you advice, but you're not taking it. The I'm, advice is, ma'am, ma'am, you're average looking at best. Why can't you just get a man that's an average guy? Who is this lame that's on Instagram bashing women? That's what I thought. That's the first initial. That was my first initial thought about Kevin Samuels. People only they, they only disagree with Kevin Samuels when uh, it hit, when it hits a little bit too close to home. Um, it's it's a lot of times he he be getting it right because when he gets it right with the dudes, they don't got a problem. But if he say something and get it right with the women, uh, now it's an issue. So you just make the deal. Attraction's nothing. Cause okay, see again, again. I'll try one more time, and mm -hmm. I'm going to move on. Okay. You're, 
Well, let's just take it your way. Yes. Fuck attraction. You're supposed to be the attractive one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't care about your attraction. I don't care about love either. Why do you women think you get it all? What drew me to his page were the salacious uh, clips that we see on social media. So he'll have an hour or sometimes up to three hour conversation. But what's selected for social media, for Instagram specifically, um, are usually clips that are very salacious and show him um, in his most provocative. So much of what Kevin Samuels says, in my opinion, um, is both ahistorical, but also uh, in some ways, um, anti-black and white supremacists, right? So we're t on the topics of relationships in particular, um, it's funny because so much of what we've come to learn in America in the 21st and 20th century about relationships, I think, is informed by white people and global white power. So when you become one of the three out of four black women who don't marry in your lifetime, you'll look back on this conversation and said, I came on there joking, thinking it was funny and ha ha ha. And I blew an opportunity to find something because eh, I think life is a joke because I'm 25 and I feel like I'm young and I got time. And you don't. Patrick Monaghan, who was the assistant U.S. Secretary of Labor in 1965, wrote a report that we now know famously as the Monaghan Report. And unfortunately, this report, I think, was the premise for many people criticizing them, Black women, unfairly um, along the lines of the welfare queen trope and other kinds of things. You ladies need to rank yourself because you rank men. And we rank you. And I say an eight is Beyonce level, Pam Greer level. That's an eight. Who is Kevin Samuels to, to give somebody advice? You are a man and you're a black man. You need to talk to a woman. I don't care whatever she is, but it's like whatever ethnicity, nationality she is, but especially a black woman, you better talk to that woman like you got some respect. I do respect the fact that Kevin Samuels is very clear. He's very authentic in his message. He is standing up for men. And I think there is a place for that. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, women are the only ones that deserve um, advocates, but I think whenever you're pro one thing, you know, we have this in the black community. I can be pro black without tearing others down. And now joining us today, we have Rich Dallas from Love & Hip Hop New York, Professor Eric Gordon from The World According to Eric, motivational speaker Shalakimia Moffitt, and Tiffany Robinson. Also joining us, our entertainment correspondent Kennedy Rue also tapping in. Before we get started, we want to let you guys know we did reach out to Kevin Samuels to invite him on our platform and to be part of this conversation, but he did not get back to us. But we felt strongly about this topic that we wanted to continue the conversation. So thank you all for joining us. My first question is, is Kevin Samuels destructive or constructive for the culture? He's more destructive than he is constructive. Black people specifically, because they consume most of his content, have a hard time living day in and day out. And when you see him kind of berate, berate the women based off of what they think they want, he looks at them and he just checks them down like a used car. And to kind of break that down, you know, we're talking heights, weights, financial aspects, and so many different things. Shalakimia, what are your thoughts? Is he destructive or constructive for the culture? I think he's constructive. I think he he brings a truth. He brings a truth. <laughs> yes, he brings a truth to the black community. Absolutely. What type of truth? Rich dollars want to know too. Yeah, you got. We need we need receipts. I feel like we live in a world where it's so it's so fake all the time. He's being realistic, which a lot of us should be you know, um, realistic with each other. 
just like this young man said um, about him, you know, talking about black women, black women have bashed black men for years. When he comes to the table, he's having a conversation about a high value man. Some women that I'm going to be honest that are on government assistance or out here looking for a high value man to take care of them. But but you're not even high value. You're not trying to become high value or anything. That's the problem with relationships today. Relationships today have become so transactional. It's almost like a race. Who can get what from who before we get to the point of we have to give? And that's what this thing does. When you start to condone this type of behavior, when you start going for hyperbole, you lose substance. And I feel like that's what dude is doing now. It's about clickbait. It's about berating women because it makes Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Since for the betterment of his viewership. Now, in some of his interviews, he does defend himself. He says, my viewpoints come from research, my viewpoint come from analytics. And he also says, you know what? What I'm telling the women is what the world don't want to tell them. Tiffany, you had an IG Live with Kevin Samuels. What was that experience like for you? I think it was very reflective of how much he does seem to isolate women into various types of groups whether he considers them to be high value or not. I really felt like my aesthetics were on trial. <laughs> he asked me my dress size, he asked me how much I weighed, and he asked me my career path. I find his rhetoric to be very divisive amongst Black men and Black women to the point where uh, whether men have seen me on the interview or not, I hear Kevin's rhetoric over and over again as if, they have just been uh, socially engineered to be misogynistic, um, no matter if they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and even the older generations, I'm hearing it. Let's be for real, right? The men he's talking to, the men that follow him, are no better than incels. They're following this man because they're hurt and frustrated. He speaks out of hurt and anger. This dude is sitting behind a iPad spewing craziness for other frustrated black men, 90% of it is literally a hurt man going after women and telling them what they're worth and what they're not worth. If somebody that was European was to do the same thing that Kevin Samuels is doing, we'd be up in arms. We'd be losing our minds. So Talk do you think he gets you... a free pass because he's a black man? He doesn't get a free he pass. He doesn't get a free pass. And the reason we're here today no, is absolutely. because we're not giving him a free pass. Mm. The, the, the reason we're here today is for this conversation is because people actually want to get rid of his channel and do those type of things. So he's not getting a free pass. I want to give Shalakimia a chance to respond to this. What are your thoughts? You're hearing both of their viewpoints. Do you agree or disagree with what they're sharing? I'm not saying I agree with everything that 
he says. But I, I also, you know, feel like there's there's a lot of truth there. I'm not the type of black woman that is looking for somebody high valued. I don't look at those kind of things. But we're going to be real. A lot of women do that. Do they understand how many people make $100,000 a year? It's not a lot of people who make over six figures a year, and everybody seems to want the specific kind of person. Does he exploit the vulnerability of black women? Of black people. Of black absolutely. people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that Kevin Samuel says things that most of our people don't agree with. There's still going to be those people that do agree with. You might want to at least represent the masses as opposed to the minority. Most black women are not on welfare. Black, most black women don't do the things that he says that they do. But now you're making it seem as though that this is the masses, when in reality, this is the minority. I'm a women's studies major. I went to an all-women's college. Um, so I think it's very important to note that misogyny, patriarchy, all of these things are profitable. It is profitable to exploit women. It's profitable to berate them. It's profitable to have, it's profitable to have a narrative that is con critical of women at a degree that I think is different than what men have to experience. Tiffany, did you take that extra step to get a one-on-one -on -one consultation with him? Absolutely not. Um, I didn't mm -hmm. fall into the sales funnel. Uh, it, you know, it's pimping at his finest. Exactly so I don't even want... Right. I actually don't even want him to be canceled. I would like to challenge Kevin to leverage his platform to bring our community closer together. It's like fracking, right? He's looking for the cracks and he's searching for oil and he's getting it. He's basically calling everybody his bottom chick. And I can only, I'm the only one that can save you. It's just giving men of my generation a mentality of like, you need to police the women in your life. You need to police the women around you. It's turning angry. Yeah, it's, it's turning it, competitive. It was competitive before him. They've been competitive from from forever. Be, but yeah, you have to be honest. Here. But you're pushing that narrative of competition. You can't in one in one breath push the narrative and say we don't need to be competitive. Find love. Rich, Find the woman who makes you happy. Why do they watch him? Why do they watch him? Why do they go live with him? Can you answer that? Why do they do that? If they know what he's about. Let me jump in on that because how Kevin Samuel says he defends himself in that situation and his first viral moment was when he said to a woman, you're average at best, you're gonna die alone. Right. That's one of the first viral moments, right? And he said, if you went back and watched the whole 23 minutes, you would know what led up to that moment and how those clips were butted together. That's a very narcissistic statement for him to make. Even in my interview, like there's a there's a certain amount of gaslighting that takes place. So it's kind of like throwing a stone and then hiding his hand and saying, but I, I help 1% of the people that can afford my program offline. If I'm, a, if I'm in church, right, and I'm preaching at church and I sit there and talk about the glory of God, but then for 30 seconds I talk about how I go and hang out with Satan at the strip club, I mean, it's still, the message still is flawed regardless, right? I mean, you know, it... The reality is this. The fact that we're sitting here having a roundtable discussion about dude's views and his misogyny or the way he treats women and all these different things, all this does is justify why he does it in the first place. Because here we are. And this is promotion. Thank you all for weighing in on this discussion. Coming up, Kennedy's Chronicles takes us to Coachella. We'll be right back. Du 24 avril 2022, une majorité d'entre nous a fait le choix de me faire confiance pour présider notre République durant les cinq années à venir. 
That was the sitting French president, Emmanuel Macron, celebrating his victory, defeating his opponent, Marine Le Pen, and securing a consecutive second term as France's leader. But what will his term mean for black people in France? That tops our global headlines. In the streets of Paris this week, the lines blurred between protests and party as the heated French presidential race came to a close. But for many French citizens and immigrants of African descent, neither side represents a way forward. President Emmanuel Macron won re-election, but is widely unpopular for his pro-business agenda that includes the passing labor laws that make it easier to fire workers. And walking back promises to reform systemic racism and violence from law enforcement, instead passing new measures that protect officers and arrest citizens for filming them. La majorité du genre, je ne veux pas généraliser et je ne veux pas que justement ça atteigne la, la crédibilité et la dignité. Macron's challenger, Marine Le Pen, has an established relationship with Russian President Vladimir Putin. The controversial far-right candidate took nearly 50% of the vote, promising to ban Muslim women from wearing headscarves in public and to tighten immigration law. Le Pen tells me I'm only French on paper, but I'm French. In his victory speech on Sunday, Macron said there was much work to do to unite the country, acknowledging that many only voted for him to keep Le Pen out. In Moscow, there are new questions about the fate of WNBA All-Star Brittany Griner after U.S. and Russian officials negotiate the release of Marine Corps veteran Trevor Reed. Reed returned home Wednesday as part of a prisoner exchange where U.S. authorities handed over a Russian pilot convicted on drug trafficking charges. Griner, a two-time Olympic gold medalist, has been detained over two months after Russian authorities say they found cannabis vape cartridges in her luggage, a charge that could result in up to 10 years of prison time. As Griner awaits a May 19th court hearing, reps for her legal team and the WNBA have been extremely tight-lipped about the case, preferring to work under the radar due to strained diplomatic relationships since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Recently, WNBA Players Association president Neka Agumake recently joined the chorus of voices speaking out about the double standards that push Griner to play internationally in the first place. But it's, it, we don't want to play 12, 12 months out of the year. Um, we want to play over here. Um, we're treated well. I mean, that's, that is the truth. But we don't want to feel as though we have to go over there to get what we want to get. And along the U.S. southern border, the fight around the public health order known as Title 42 continues. The Trump-era rule blocks entry to migrants and asylum seekers, and although CDC officials have said the measure no longer is necessary to prevent the spread of COVID-19 within the United States, it remains in effect under the Biden administration. To date, over 1.5 million people have been expelled to their home countries or to Mexico under Title 42, including thousands of Haitian refugees who made the dangerous journey to the U.S. in search of a better life. After months of pressure from immigration advocates, the Biden administration planned to lift the controversial measure, but a federal judge blocked the move this week, citing concerns from 21 states about how officials will deal with a potential surge of migrants at the border once the order expires. And we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Time to check the entertainment beat. And Kennedy Rue is here, fresh off of taking the Chronicles to coach. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. 
At participating McDonald's. Ella, you've had a very busy weekend. At yes, Naima. Busy crisscrossing the SoCal desert for one hip hop fueled festival. And that tops our entertainment remix. <laughs> As we said, Megan Thee Stallion dropped her latest single, Plan B, which proved to be the gift that kept on giving. We did get a taste of what was to come from her socials leading up to the festival. What's the atmosphere like? You know, it's kind of crazy. I didn't expect all these people to be here, you know? Coachella, which is just east of Palm Springs, California, is largely associated with a mostly white crowd. But this year, things shifted a bit as hip-hop claimed a major stake over the two-weekend event. So at the end, we got to see Channel Trez, and he brought out Ty Dolla Sign, LA's very own. Channel Trez comes from Compton, so he put on for the city. It was awesome. And sometimes you just never know who you're going to run into. Will and Jada Pinkett Smith's son and my close friend Jaden hit the desert for his pop-up store and talked new music. Let's go, let's go. Trippy summer, yes. Why did you want to do a pop-up here in Coachella? You know how much Coachella means to me and how much I love it and that's why I wanted to do this here today because I just feel like it's really important for Misfits and Trippy Summer that this is the lifestyle that I see of like Trippy Summer so I wanted people to be able to experience that in the desert. This is the first time since the pandemic that fans were able to be together in person which added another dynamic. The crowd is loving it. People are excited to be here, to be back in person, and you can feel the energy throughout. Who is your favorite artist that you've seen so far? Um, Big Sean was cool last night. Baby King was good, too. How do you really feel about being first lady? Viola Davis on the defense. The Oscar winner is pushing back at critics for her Showtime hit, First Lady, in which she plays Michelle Obama. Responding to critics who say her overly pursing lips and facial expressions were distracting and insulting. Swinging back, Viola told BBC News about the role, adding, Critics absolutely serve no purpose. I'm going to be the person that leans in and tells you the truth. So it gives them an opportunity to be cruel to you. But ultimately, I feel like it's my job as a leader to make bold choices. Win or fail, it is my duty to do that. It came together during the pandemic when everyone was scared of the word positive. It made you clutch your pearls. Erica Campbell, one half of Mary Mary, turned the word associated with fear into power with her latest single titled Positive. The word positive can still mean something good. I put all of that in this song, Positive. Campbell is keeping us motivated with not only music, but with her uncensored autobiography for TV One. Well, me and Tina didn't grow up singing together. We weren't a duo. At that time at home, we were making up songs. We didn't even know enough to call ourselves songwriters. We would make up songs and we had a demo of actually uh, What a Friend, which made it to the first record, the Thankful record. And we played it for Warren and he liked it and he was like, y'all should be a group. Talk about putting the pen to the paper. DJ Envy and his wife Gia told Naima about their relationship in new book, Real Life, Real Love. You have to really dig deep. You have to ask hard questions. You have to think and then think again. And that was part of the process. And a lot of it was painful. The duo who've been together for 27 years and married for 21 detail the ups and downs of their bond, holding nothing back. 
what I really learned is I have a best friend in my corner, you know, and everybody says their spouse is their best friend and that's my guy, but no, I'm really with my best friend. I mean, she was with me at my darkest moments and she pushed her feelings to the side to make sure I was okay. Performing Dreaming of the Past from his new album, It's Almost Dry. Give it up for Pusha T. Pusha T making things happen with his latest album, It's Almost Dry, which dropped last week. The 12-track masterpiece features collabs with Ye, Pharrell Williams, Kid Cudi, Jay-Z, and more. Pusha got the primetime treatment on The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. Leave it to Flo Millie to take over the stage during the Hooray Kennedy Center Takeover Weekend, celebrating black excellence. I was a little nervous, I'm not gonna lie, cause like I didn't expect the crowd to be that big, but I had fun on stage and I'm happy that everybody enjoyed it. After rounding out Griselda's Coachella show, Benny the Butcher takes it to the table and clears the record about separation from the Griselda family on the latest Drink Champs, airing right here on Revolt. And can we just take it back to Coachella where everyone's outfits were perfectly styled and the weather was nice, Naima? Listen, <laughs> you have been at every major culture event, so bring your chronicles to us. I've never been to Coachella. Maybe next year? Yes, you have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, when we come back, we shine the spotlight on our revolutionary of the week. Keep it right here. What a dream is, or a dream realized is, is just putting one foot in front of the other on a daily basis. That is NASA astronaut and Dr. Jessica Watkins, who is on the way to the International Space Station. Now she breaks the sound barrier and cracks the ceiling as the first black woman to serve on the International Space Station and the fifth black woman to orbit above the Earth. Welcome back. Here on Earth, another revolutionary is shaking things up and leading the cause to find our missing black and brown sisters in the Windy City. Mm. Now Chicago artist Damon Lamar Reed is keeping the missing in the forefront, one brush stroke at a time, and that's why we've named him our revolutionary of the week. It was something that I knew that I had to do. That's when I came up with doing these portraits because sometimes we may, you know, see an image, you know, hey, a woman is missing or, you know, you see like an amber alert and you kind of just, you know, breeze past it. Artist Damon Lamar Reed uses beauty to call attention to a tragic epidemic that too often goes unseen. Something that would draw people in, then, you know, they would take a look at that and then want to, you know, look further like, okay, well, that's a beautiful portrait, you know, tell me more about that or let me find out more. It's a project that's personal for the Chicago native, inspired by his family's experience and loss. My aunt Valerie, and my cousins Shanti and Weiwei, who were, they were murdered back in 1982. And the, the, you know, the killer was never found, never prosecuted. And I went on Google, I was, you know, looking up information about that. And then I saw how many uh, black women were missing. I mean, honestly, I had never even really, really had a, a deep thought about, you know, women going missing, you know? So it just kind of gave me a whole new, you know, perspective, you know, really about safety. You know, I myself, I have two daughters. You know, I was talking to my wife about, you know, starting a new series of paintings. And, 
you know, I thought that would be something great to do just to help spread awareness and, you know, help get this out. In the U.S., tens of thousands of black women and girls go missing each year, but their cases rarely make national headlines. Lamar's work focuses on women of color from the Chicago area. Many have been missing for decades. Painting uh, missing women, I guess you could say it can get sad, you know, it can get, you know, deep. Um, I'm more looking for an optimistic approach on it, approach on it. An approach that led him to launch the Still Searching Project, an initiative to create murals and public artworks to keep the memories of the missing alive. I didn't want to name it Still Missing. You know, I wanted to name it a, a proactive word and a and an optimistic word. You know, something about taking action. I began to do murals, like I said, with a with a mission and a purpose um, to actually speak for the people. That's what I believe a lot of the Chicago mural movement is about. It's the same with the, the Still Searching Project. I want to be a voice for the voiceless. Congratulations, Damon and Jessica. Job well done. That does it for us. See you next time. Have a good one. stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's.